What's up, Panther Nation? Welcome to episode 107 of the Four Man Rush Panther Podcast. Today we got myself, Will, we got Big Smooth, and we got Country Kev here to break down the Panthers' upcoming home game, week nine matchup versus the New England Patriots. The uh, Patriots also bring in a four and four record. It has come off a couple of wins themselves. Uh, rookie quarterback Mac Jones starting to play very well. Always know what to expect from the Patriots. Play a lot like Matt Rule wants the Panthers to play a tough defense, great in the trenches, so this should be a fun, competitive matchup. Before we get to breaking down the Patriots, let's just touch on some of the latest Panther news that we were able to get from the various press conferences today. Since it's week nine, Christian McCaffrey's officially been out for three weeks, so he's eligible to return from IR. So they're going to, probably on Wednesday, they're going to see how he plays, and hopefully he'll be able to get some reps and work his way back in this week. So I'll start with uh, you, Kev. Are you excited about Christian McCaffrey's return? And number one, and number two, what kind of workload are you expecting him to have if he was to play this week? Well, to answer your first question, yeah, I'm definitely excited um, at the possibility of Christian McCaffrey coming back. You know, if you whatever you want to make of the statistic, but, you know, with Christian McCaffrey playing, we, we didn't lose a game. You know, take that for what it's worth. We know it's more details to it than that, but hey, three and zero is three and zero. Um, but yeah, definitely. If only if he's hamstring. Um, personally, I never pulled one, so I don't know how healthy a hamstring can feel during season. Um, but uh, that would be the only way I would uh, want him to come back at this point, considering all the time that he's missed. Uh, to answer your second question, as far as the workload. Um, again, as far as actual touches, um, I wouldn't, I'll put them on a pitch count, you know, 20, you know, we don't want to throw them out there with the usual workload, um, running, you know, the running backs have proven themselves to be enough where we can. Now you still can have McCaffrey on the field. Uh, Big Smooth said it last night, you know, on the live show, post game live that, you know, as a decoy, you know, have a motion as a wide receiver, you know, that definitely will create. Uh, matchup problems. Um, but for me, I, I definitely like to see a reduced workload. I know we've been hearing it for the last two or three years that it's going to happen. Um, hopefully this second extensive time missed due to injury will finally make the light go off from the coaching staff. Remains to be seen. Smooth, I know you've been one of the biggest Christian McCaffrey fans even before he ever was a Panther back at uh, Stanford. What are you expecting from him this week? You want to see him have a big workload or work his way in slowly? I'm going to be the optimist here. And then, I mean, just look at the positives out of it. He's going to have fresh legs. He's going to have, you're going to have a fresh Christian McCaffrey. I just think what, you know, what you guys pointed out, just got to manage him correctly. I mean, you can look across the league. You see Tennessee's been running Derrick Henry in the ground, and now it looks like they're going to be missing him for six to 10 weeks. So these type of backs that get high volume uh, touches like this, you got to be careful with. So, you know, it'll be great to have them back, especially with the way the offensive line has been playing over the last four quarters. Um, it will be great to have them, you know, but 
you know, obviously he makes us a completely different football team. Our, our offense looks putrid when he's not in the game. So definitely want to have him back. Excited to have him back. I know I think, you know, he turns his offense into a 10-11 win team, you know, when he's on the field. So just got to get him back and hopefully that, you know, Joe Brady's found a way to manage him correctly. Some more news today, update on uh, starting quarterback Sam Darnold from Matt Rule. They still don't know what his status is for this upcoming Sunday. He's meeting with the doctor today, still in the concussion protocol, so he's going to have to go through that past a few amount of tests, and we don't know if they're hopeful that he'll be back for Sunday. I think that's kind of coach talk. Um, may, I don't expect him to – I'd be shocked if he plays this week. But we'll find out later on. But with that said, I mean, we're down to – a uh, likely starter if Sam Darnold's unable to go is P.J. Walker. Now, Kev, what's your confidence in P.J. Walker, and how do you think the Panthers would have to adjust their game plan should he have to go this week against this Bill Belichick defense? You know, if I got to, you know, keep it honest with my feelings, uh, my confidence level is extremely low. Um, again, just try to think, since P.J. Walker has been a Carolina Panther last year and this year, uh, what's the longest stretch of consistent good plays that we've seen? Like, obviously, we can't say a game because he's a, he's, you know, he's the backup. But, I mean, even when you go back to the Detroit game, yeah, there were some, yeah, he definitely threw some nice passes, but he also threw two interceptions in the red zone, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then this past preseason, he was thoroughly outplayed by Will Greer, but by him having that Temple alumni pass given out by coach Matt rule, you know, he was chosen to be kept. So I think now that um, we're looking at a possibility of Donald being out at the minimum, potentially two weeks, uh, this is definitely going to probably be the most extensive work that PJ Walker is getting. Now with me feeling that way, you know, definitely my hope is that he plays way above my expectations uh, for him. Um, you know, anybody that rocks the Panthers jersey, uh, they definitely get my full support. I'm definitely going to be cheering. I'm not going to be rooting against it by no stretch, but I have yet to see seen enough for me to feel extremely confident about him. You know, one of the number one things that we know facing a Bill Belichick defense is that he liked to take away the um, number one thing that you that you like to do the best. and you know, when it comes to P.J. Walker, you know, I think that, you know, his mobility has probably been his best asset as a quarterback because I've yet to see him be consistent as a passer. So, um, you know, definitely expect some unique looks, uh, possibly maybe a little spy action maybe. Um, you know, this this will definitely be one where Joe Brady will really have to earn his check uh, to pull this off. But um, confidence is low, but I'm still going to expect him to perform well enough for us to win. This past Sunday, I mean, this was the backup quarterback's uh, day to shine. We saw Mike White in the New York Jets, the second quarterback and um, second highest yards for his first start since Cam Newton. He threw for over 400 yards. So you had him, you had Trevor Simeon step in for Jameis Winston for the Saints. They went on to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We saw Geno Smith with Seattle get his first win as a starter for the Seahawks, and we saw Cooper Rush uh, replace Dak Prescott, and they got a win over the Minnesota Vikings last night. So 
what we saw from those teams is the guys around them had to step up. Now, Smooth, do you think with our defense, the way they're playing at a high level, the offensive line showing that toughness they did this previous week, getting Christian McCaffrey back, do you think these guys can help carry P.J. Walker the way those other teams carried those backup quarterbacks this past Sunday? No, we need to address the, uh, the position. P.J. Walker is trash. There you have that. Uh, some other news today. Um, two more players are eligible to come back from the physically unable to perform list. You have safety uh, Justin Burris and nickel corner slash safety Miles Hartsfield as well. Uh, Kev, what do you think they'll bring to the defense? I mean, are we starting to get healthy at the right time of the year? Those guys both provide a lot of versatility in the nickel to be able to cover. They can both play in the deep safety. They can play in the box. What do you think? their presence will do for our defense this week if they're able to come back? Yeah, I think their presence will definitely add, you know, more versatility and more playmaking ability. You know, last year, you know, Miles Hartsfield, I thought, developed nicely playing when he was playing at the uh, nickel, uh, the nickel position for us. Uh, you know, he's one of the long shots that, if I remember correctly, I think he also uh, – you know, played a uh, running back as well. I know I thought of some talked the ball a few times in the preseason um, in 2020. Uh, but yeah, him, he definitely someone that I have confidence in on the field to make plays. Uh, he has good recognition. Um, he hits hard. He plays. Uh, so he's definitely someone that, that I can, um, that I can know that I will be able to produce. Uh, as far as Justin Burris goes, um, again, a veteran who, you know, doesn't necessarily come out and wow you, but he's 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 a solid player who has made plays when plays have been available. Um, if I'm not mistaken, take it for what it's worth. I think PFF had him ranked as one of the better safeties that's able to cover in the slot. <laughs> you know, I know sometimes we've seen him uh, get worked in the slot. So, you know, again, we'll take that for what it's worth. Additional flexibility, just more Swiss Army knife type players that Phil Snow can uh, throw out there to try to uh, confuse rookie quarterback Matt Jones. So uh, I definitely think that, you know, with the uh, recent additions uh, that we had, you know, with um, Stefan Gilmore, you know, coming, um, coming in, um, you know, we'll see what's up with CJ Henderson. Um, I'm definitely, definitely want us to have as many uh, versatile secondary players as possible so that we can, uh, devise a scheme because as we all know phil snow does like to use three safety packages so you know with chin you know with uh burris and then you know they've been rotating you know uh sean chandler and kenny rob um yeah I, I definitely feel like this definitely gives us an advantage to uh show some different stuff that we uh, haven't been able to see yet because we now have more versatile players some more news as well uh, rookie defensive tackle from Iowa, Davion Nixon, was injured in practice last week, so he'll be on IR and his season is over. Uh, Smooth, what were your thoughts on the limited playing time Nixon was able to get this year? And number one, and number two, who do you see being able to step in to take over his reps? you think the answer's on the roster, or do we got to go out and add some depth in the free agent market? Is Phil Hoskins available? Well, that's my answer for you. I was a bigger fan of Phil Hoskins in the preseason. But um, as far as what Nixon has done, he was very, very solid in his limited role. You know, the best thing you can do as a defensive tackle is because around the league, 
that position is pretty much addressed with a rotation. So take advantage of your reps. Give me 100% effort on those reps. When I seen Nixon in the game, he was always giving 100% effort, giving, getting penetration, being real stout in the run game. And that's real good for a guy his age with, with limited experience. So um, I just I trust when it comes to defense, I don't think we need to go outside anymore. I think we've addressed that that side of the football so much. You got to trust what's on your roster at this point. So let Phil Hoskins step up. You know what I'm saying? I, I just I trust every single player on the defense. I think that we're we're deep enough on pretty much all three levels, except maybe a little bit thin that linebacker. As far as that D-line goes, man, I trust everything on the roster. Everything. So, Phil Hoskins, step up. Let's get it. All right. And lastly, the second quarterback on the roster, if Sam Darnold is not able to go, you have P.J. Walker and you have Jamie Morgan, who's a quarterback from Florida International University. The Panthers added to their practice squad. Now, Rat Rule had mentioned that he would possibly bring in another quarterback should Sam Darnold be out for an extended period of time. The average time missed for a concussion nowadays in the NFL is probably two weeks. Uh, just to use a comparison, Terrace Marshall was out with a concussion. He got hurt in the Texans game, I believe, and he's still been missing action from the concussion. So everyone's different. I don't know if Darnold's going to miss any time at all. I don't know if it'll be one week, two weeks, or three weeks. But either way, I think we'll know by tomorrow or Wednesday at the time of this recording that whether they're going to roll with P.J. Walker and Jamie Morgan or whether they're going to bring in a veteran addition as well. Now, Jamie Morgan, I know he was a – I don't remember if he was drafted late or undrafted free agent, but I do remember him getting a little bit of draft buzz late towards the end of the process. Okay, by any chance, do you have a scouting report uh, pulled up on Morgan that you can kind of educate our fans on what he brings to the table? Yeah, it's actually loaded right now. If you can give me about another 30 seconds here, I have it pulled up here for you. Yeah, right. while he's he's trying to get that pulled up, I'll just tell you right now, he's trash too. So um, probably going to look to address this free agency. I was looking at the free agency quarterbacks, man. You're looking at Blake Bortles, looking at Cam Newton, Jeff Driscoll, maybe Jacoby Brissett is available. I don't know, but it's thin out there in free agency too, so we might come down to a point where we got to make a tough decision that's going to require some people to swallow their pride a little bit. If you just want to put this team in the best situation to win, I think we all know what that is. But I don't want to be that guy, so I'm just going to keep quiet about it. But I think everybody know what we need to do. I mean, let's address that. I mean, we're talking about, you know, quarterback situation. I mean, if the goal is to win now, like they said they are, I mean, look, the team's 4-4 four and four right now. The playoffs started today. We're seventh place, and we're in the wild card spot. So, I mean, you're talking about a playoff contending team right now, no matter how bad we've played up to this point. So, if you're truly trying to sell the fans on trying to win now, and, you know, are you really going to walk into these next stretch of games with P.J. Walker and Jamie Morgan? Are you going to bite the bullet and bring in a Cam Newton, who probably is the best quarterback in the free agent market right now? Now, you know, pride is real. It's, you know, we still heard from Joe Person today that it's unlikely that Cam Newton will be signed. Uh, David Newton, uh, we criticize him a lot, but give him credit. He asked Matt Rule directly, are you going to swallow your pride and bring back Cam Newton considering your situation at quarterback? 
And Matt Rule kind of danced around that question because he just didn't know the status of what Darnold was going to be, considering he had these uh, tests today with the doctors. They just don't know what his status is. But, I mean, look, we got a week to prepare. The earlier the better you can get a guy in. I mean, why not? <laughs> Other than pride. That's all it is going to be is pride. Because I'm looking around the league, he's the best option. I think the reason why you probably don't see that happen is because it's going to put too much pressure on this young coaching staff. Because if he comes in and plays well, you can best believe a large part of this fan base is going to want him to stay. And then that leaves Darnold in the loop. So I don't think they want to put that kind of pressure on the coaching staff. And they damn sure don't want to put that kind of pressure on Darnold. So I think it's unlikely that we sign Cam. But as a four-man four rush member, I'm putting it out there. I think that's the absolute best decision to make, given the situation that we're in right now. Okay, Kev, you have that profile on Jamie Morgan. Pull up. Yeah, I got it pulled up here for you. Um, you know, to give you guys, you know, context, this is coming from the draftnetwork.com. Uh, uh, just some particulars, Jamie Morgan, he came out of Florida International. Uh, got him listed as 6'4", 213 pounds. Uh, you know, the background on him, um, the things that he's good at. Uh, says he has a live arm. Uh, say he can um, pretty much make every throw. Um, he has good patience in the pocket. Um, he lets routes develop and does have good anticipation. Um, the bad part about him is he needs to learn how to put touch on his ball. It seems like his, uh, you know, the report said that a lot of his passes are like fastballs, like he's, he doesn't know how to slow it up and when to put some touch missing from his passes. Uh, he believes in his arm a lot, so he'll try to force the ball from time to time in places where it can't fit because of that fastball when he throws the ball. So, you know, he will make some careless decisions. Uh, it says his best overall trait is his arm talent. His worst trait is his decision-making and touch throws. Uh, so, you know, again, you know, a developmental player, um, you know, has, quote-unquote, the physical tools but don't have the assets to it to uh, really feel like uh, he's someone that's going to immediately make a difference. Uh, but depending on how things go, he's someone that, you know, may get called up and may have to uh, possibly play for it. So, uh, just some background. Um, he did start 24 games at Florida International University. Um, like I said, mobile, rocket arm, uh, decent size at 6'4". Uh, just got to improve his accuracy, put some touch on his passes, and just make better decisions. Well, sounds like we got a great value P.J. Walker here because those sounds <laughs> like great, you know, great arm talent, poor decision-maker when it matters, and Given the situation of our offense, we can't afford to make mistakes and, and turn the ball over. I think our best asset last Sunday was just protecting the football. That's what you got to do. We got a good defense that can keep us in games. You got to protect the football. So I don't I don't see the answer on the roster. I think you got to go outside and get that. Benefit of getting Blake Bortle is he's basically Sam Darnold. So you you know you're not missing a beat. But you just, we all know what we got to do. Like I, I don't I don't I'm not a I'm not a Cam stand, but at some point, you got to be honest in the state of the league. I think that it's more than obvious he's the best option for any football team that's quarterback needy right now. Right, and I think what you saw from the backup quarterbacks yesterday, just their ability to play from the pocket comfortably, make throws when they need to, 
They took care of the football for the most part. I just haven't seen that from P.J. Walker. I mean, down in the red zone, what, we're up, what, 12 to uh, 10 at that point? And we're in the red zone. We have a field goal, go up 15-10, you know, force them to drive the field and score a touchdown. Uh, you could just keep running the ball, try to punch it in. You know, first play, P.J. gets in there, he throws a pass, and the double coverage is almost picked off. I mean, that could have been a game-changing interception right there. And he already threw two red zone interceptions last year in his start against Detroit. The very next play, we get a delay of game penalty and get pushed back. But luckily, we were able to make up for it and punch the ball in. But those type of mental errors from your backup quarterback just make it that much tougher on your defense. Now, I mean, other options, we talked about the free agents. We talked about what we have on the roster. They also have the ability to sign guys off a of practice squad. And guess who's on the Cowboys practice squad right now? Mr. Will Greer, who knows the system, was here during the summer. So, I mean, is that a guy they're going to call up? We don't know. So, I mean, it's just going to be a matter of, first, what's Darnold's health? He's got a um, doctor's appointment today, so we'll probably learn more about that Tuesday or Wednesday and know more about it then. And, two, if he can't go, you know, what do we do with the position? I think, you know, if you're going to bring in a guy in, you want him to play Sunday, you got to do it sooner rather than later because you only got a few, that few, that little, or that blah, that fewer number of days to prepare for this upcoming game, especially against a Bill Belichick defense. So that's pretty much covers the Panthers. Let's get into these New England Patriots now. We're starting the trenches like we always do, smooth. We're looking at one of the teams who was able to sustain success year after year. They give Tom Brady all the credit. I'm more impressed with how Bill Belichick continuously produces solid offensive lines. They, they're physical. They continuously run the ball well. They protect their quarterback, give them clean pocket. Looking at this O-line unit, what stands out to you? To be honest, what stands out is not really a particular name, but just the system alone. Everything that you said was pinpoint accurate. Bill Belichick is going to do what he has to do to protect his quarterback. They had a lot of injuries last year, so they made it a little bit difficult to protect him the way they wanted to. But and at the end of the day, they've done a good job, you know, surrounding this this young rookie quarterback with protection. I think the best way to take advantage of a, a unit like this is just to come out with different looks, you know, that that when you show that double A-gap blitz with your linebackers, that tends to confuse offensive lines. It confuses us quite a bit, but it's not just us. A lot of teams have a, have difficulty game planning for that. So I expect Phil Snow to show a few different looks, definitely throw out some different stunts there. You just got to get as complex and diverse as you can when you're facing a young rookie quarterback. And I think this is going to be a game where, you know, Gilmore has some, has some get back in him. You know, Dante's playing the best football of his life. I think we're going to, you know, press up on his receivers, and we're going to just bring the house at this young quarterback. We're going to bring some blitzes. Shaq Thompson is back, always shown the ability to be one of the best blitzers on the team. I think we're just going to try to put as much pressure as possible on this young quarterback, regardless of what they come out with on their awesome offensive line. I want to see, you know, Brian Burns have an impact game. We haven't really gotten that from him in a while. I think there was a stat that you brought up Last week, where pretty much all of his sacks have been with, with him being uncovered, you know, it's time to make some impact. You know, line up in front of the man in front of you, decide in your mind that you're better than that man and make some things happen. So we're going to have to get after this young rookie quarterback, regardless of who comes out there and who's blocking for Mac, uh, Mac Jones. We just got to get after that kid. That kid. Uh, what uh, worries me about this matchup, remember against the Cowboys, they came out in a lot of 12, even 13 personnel. 
you know, one back, two, three tight ends. And Phil Snow didn't adapt. He stayed in his nickel package out of fear of Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Dallas's vertical pass game. Now, looking at this Patriots roster, look what do we have. Two very good tight ends, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. So I can probably see Josh McDaniels coming out in 11-12 personnel, make us, you know, see if we're going to adapt. So, Kev, what are some things we need to do differently against New England's double tight end sets that we weren't able to do against the Cowboys a couple weeks ago? Yeah, well, the main thing is is to, um, you know, whether we do 30 front or 40 front is to, uh, you know, match up that personnel package with the, with the base. Uh, I absolutely do not see anything in New England's offensive arsenal along the lines to fear as much as we did with Dallas. Uh, don't get me wrong, there's definitely some talent, um, you know, with the uh, Patriots offense, you know, offensive players, um, you, know, uh, you know, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Jacoby Myers. I mean, these ain't guys that's going to put fear, but they are talented, uh, you know, players. And then, you know, you mentioned the two tight ends, but uh, yeah, what's, what's a rookie quarterback's best friend, you know, a running game and, 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 um, and tight ends. And I think that that's something that they will look to lean on with Matt Jones, who if I'm not mistaken, you know, he has one of the um, shortest uh, yards per attempt you know, of, of, of starting quarterbacks, you know, he's not someone that's really, you know, airing a ball out like that. You know, the games that I've come to watch him play, um, he seems to, um, you know, look for the short, quick stuff, you know, um, early and often. Um, so, you know, that's one of the reasons why he has such a high, you know, completion percentage because he's always going with the uh, safe plays. Uh, but, you know, to do, the, if we're going to apply this type of pressure that, um, that uh, Big Smooth was just talking about, um, I like to see us when they come out uh, in these different personnel packets, like, for example, the 12 package with the two tight ends. Uh, you know, I can see us going to the 30 front, but now if they start bringing in those extra offensive linemen as tight ends, as Dallas did uh, on the line of scrimmage, then I like to see us go more 40 front, you know, to get more, you know, more size on that front line. Because as we know, Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns, you know they are they are light in the backside when it comes to stuff like that, because um, we saw that in Dallas because they were on the end of the line of scrimmage in our nickel package, you know, with their hand down or standing up, and you know they were getting blown off the ball. So, uh, you know, guys like Utia Gross Matos, uh, you know Morgan Fox, you know these are the guys that I expect to uh, probably get more reps, you know, this time around when when faced with this type of uh, offensive. Uh, philosophy being thrown at us but um yeah definitely definitely more uh base packages this time than uh, sitting back in nickel i'll i'll take my chances with uh matt jones trying to air it out versus sitting back there and just getting grounded and pounded because one thing about the patriots you know they got a fullback jacob johnson uh they use 21 personnel 22 personnel a lot they do not mind sitting back and you know playing smash mouth football with you either so I'm definitely a fan of uh, base defensive fronts this week. And you also got to realize, you know, it's not so much them having extra linemen and tight ends. Everything starts from that middle. Everything starts from the middle of the football field. So you just got to expect a big game from Derrick Brown. You got to expect a big game from from Nixon. You got to expect a big game from Morgan Fox and and every and uh, everybody. Like all the all the interiors, they got to set the tone. They got to keep these linebackers clean because. We got linebackers that can fly around and make plays. 
But when we've had our setbacks this year, it's been because we couldn't keep them clean. So that's going to be the that's going to be the, the start of everything. Keeping Shaq Thompson and Jermaine Carter clean. I think if you can keep them clean, those guys will fly around and make plays. Because talent, when you look at talent wise, man, listen, we've been addressing the defense for forever. We had a whole draft directed just for defense. We should not come out any Sunday and feel like an offense is more talented than our defense. So it's time to it's time to like man up, you know. Defense got to step up. Hopefully on offense we can keep them fresh by having some long drives. But this defense got to step up, man. I don't want no excuses as far as Brian Burns being too small for that for the edge and Reddick. I get that. That's a fact. But if they man up and play the way they're supposed to play, that shouldn't be an issue at all. I think y'all agree with that. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, you know, you was talking about that interior. Uh, you know. One of the favorite guys that I like in this draft, I mean, on, on their team, is uh, Shaq Mason. Uh, you know, it's ironically smooth, uh, big smooth. Uh, three of their five starting offensive linemen uh, coming right out of your area. Two from Georgia and one from Georgia Tech. You know, Shaq Mason been the one um, coming from Georgia Tech, you know, out of the 2015 um, draft. Uh, he's became one of the top upper-tier um, guards in this league. Um, He's someone that's definitely going to de- give our defensive tackles like Derrick Brown and you know, Daquan Jones and Bravon Roy and uh, whoever else we uh, we tried out their defensive tackle. Uh, this guy puts in work, you know, in their center. Um, you know, David Andrews, you know, he's someone that also came out of Georgia. He's about 6'2", 300. Uh, athletic, you know, he does a lot of pulling, um, got decent upper body strength. Uh, have seen him in a little bit of time. I have watched look like he does do a nice job getting to the next level um, here with him. But um, again, you know, he's someone that I've also seen get bull rushed a little bit too. So again, you know, Dare Brown, you know, you know, and um, Daquan Jones, you know, when you guys get a chance, you know, make it happen. Um, and the other guy at guard that they got since we was talking about the interior, Ted uh, Carras, uh, Carras, or whatever. Uh, he was a four-year starter at Illinois. Um, not really athletic, but he's just one of them really country-strong, scrappy type of guys. You know that guy uh, that you know, kind of, kind of like what we seen from um, out of Michael Jordan for us. You know, he's just a really strong, aggressive guy who's not exceptionally athletic, uh, but he's he's that guy that's going to fight and scrap um, for you. So uh, doesn't really get to the second level well, but. He's a fighter. So their interior, and you said it's all start with interior. They definitely got the type of interior that can um, cause us problems if we don't come with our A game. They do. I mean, Shaq Mason came from Georgia Tech at a time where all they did was run the ball. They did that triple option shit. So he's a mauler. <laughs> Tops from top to bottom. That's what he does. That's why I'm challenging this interior to get the job done. At the end of the day, it's man versus man, right or wrong. We, we've been addressing the defense forever. Our, our issue, our, our our deficiencies are on offense. Time for this defense to step up and man up and be the better player on Sunday. But I agree with you. As far as their interior goes, those guys are maulers. They're going to try to get the run game established. You know, Damon Harris is not is not a slouch. So we can't stop the run. That's just going to make things easier for Mac Jones. So the first thing is going to be, you know, stop that run. Let's step up and do it. I don't want I don't want no more excuses at this point. We could talk about how bad the coaching staff is, how bad injuries have killed us on offense. I'm done with that. It's time to, it's time to be men. 
like Will said, playoffs started today. We're in it. We're in the dance. So no more excuses, man. It's time to man up, you know, can, can carry that confidence that we get from Atlanta into, uh, into playing against New England. And what you're not seeing on the Patriots' backfield is James White, who was injured earlier this year and got, went to IR. Right now it's Damian Harris carrying the workload. He's an Alabama back. You know, they're becoming RBU when you look around the league. You know how those guys run. They're physical, great contact balance. They'll run through you. They can run around you. Got great footwork. They're patient, well-trained backs there at Alabama. So Damian Harris, I think, you know, if he can stay healthy, he's been a very productive back for them. The James White's been replaced by Brandon Bolden. So he's going to be your dual threat guy out of the backfield. And I think uh, J.J. Taylor as well. You know, he's been – he's shining in preseason. I don't know how much reps he's been getting in the regular season. I haven't watched him. I haven't seen him play that much this year. But he's another guy that's very capable in the backfield. You look at the skill players, strength is clearly in the backs and tight ends. I mean, Hunter Henry and John o. Smith are both good receiving tight ends. You know, they present matchup problems. John Lou Smith's been kind of disappointing this year, in my opinion. He hasn't been as productive as they probably would have expected. He had a couple of drops early on in the season, but if you watch Titans games last year, you know what he's capable of when he's at his best. Uh, Hunter Henry's probably the more well-known guy. He was in the Chargers, very athletic tight end, kind of injury-prone, but when he's healthy, he's also a very good athlete that they have there at tight end that can pose matchup problems. So our backers and safeties, they'll be tested in coverage this week by you know, their backs and tight ends of the Patriots. Look at their wide receivers. They're not really an impressive group. I mean, Nelson Aguilar has always been a guy I felt had a good speed, good quickness, but just never really put it all together, had problems with drops. Getting his chance this year has been pretty productive. So we'll see how he goes. Kendrick Bourne, he's their explosive guy, playmaker. Uh, Jacoby Myers leads the team in receiving. You know, he can also play quarterback as well, so you got to watch out for the trick plays that Josh McDaniels likes to run. Nikhil Harry, another guy, been kind of a disappointment, but what is it? He's a big body receiver that can, you know, become a red zone threat, move the stick, be that possession guy that you need. So a lot of variety of skill sets at the receiver position, but not something I fear. I think the key is going to be one, stop the run. You can't let Damian Harris go off because once he gets in a rhythm, they stick to that. And they'll just ground and pound you the way we saw the Panthers due to the Falcons last week and what Dallas was able to do to us a couple weeks ago. And we got to watch these tight ends and receiving backs out of the backfield, especially when you're trying to convert third and long. So I think that pretty much covers the Patriots offense against our defense. Um, like Kevin Larry said, I like how we match up. It's just a matter of executing and doing what we do best. Let's move on to the other side of the Patriots defense. You see they're missing some key players. Chase Winovich is on IR, one of their better pass rushers, but the other guys, I mean, you know, if you watch playoff football, you watch, you know, last couple of years with Tom Brady, you were watching Cam last year, a lot of recognizable names there. Deatrick Wise, Lawrence Guy, Godshaw, Christian Barmore, who's another, I believe, Kev, correct me if I'm wrong, from Alabama defensive tackle. You look at this defensive line, what are your strengths of it? And what do you think? You think our interior O-line can build off the performance they had last week? I'll start with you, uh, Smooth. Everybody else has been building off of their performances has come when it comes to the run game. Um, New England hasn't been the best run-stopping team this year, so I think we can definitely take advantage if you come out with that same lineup that we came out with. Just got to be nasty against a team like this. You know, to be honest with y'all, we're not used to losing to the Patriots. Can, y'all, can you tell me the last time we lost to them? 
I think Cam is undefeated in their Panther uniform against the Patriots. So, you know, you just gotta <clears throat> I think it just comes down to the basics with this. You know, they this is a team that we can run on. I know I know about Jamie T- Collins. I know about Hightower. They got some pretty solid talent at linebacker. But if we can get to the second level as well as we did on Sunday, this should be a no issue, especially if we get number 22 back. But I want this to be a – when you're playing against Bill Belichick, you can't make mistakes. So I don't want this to be – especially B.J. Walker, bumass. I don't want this to be a game where we turn the ball over. I just want to protect the football, get three yards. I'm not asking for five. I'm not asking for six. Give me three and a half yards of carry, bro. And it's going to start up front. So I'm not worried about that defense in front at all. That front seven, like I said, the linebacks are talented. We, we can get some momentum building, and we can move guys off the, off the line. So we're going to have to do that. I want Michael Jordan to be the highlight of this game. You know, let's 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 play off of the, the success of these guards that we got and try to move, the, move these guys. You know, we got to get three and a half yards of carry, bro. Run the ball, protect the ball. Don't leave the game in P.J. Walker's hands. That's where I'm at with it. So I don't care what they line up with. I don't care what team we were going to play against. I think the the strategy has to be the same regardless. You know, limit mistakes. Do not leave the game in P.J. Walker's hands. And the best way to do that is get the run game established. And if you're getting 22 back, that's going to open up a lot of things. I think the, <clears throat> the biggest question I got about our offense moving forward is, what DJ Moore are you about to get? Are you going to get DJ Moore, DJ Moore? Or are you going to get a, a force-fed Brandon LaFell, DJ Moore? You know, he hasn't he hasn't been impressing me the last few weeks. I got him on my fantasy team, but he's just not getting it done. You know, he makes some plays here and there. Could have had a touchdown last week, but you see what happened with that. But the biggest concern is he's not even blocking well. You know, he missed two blocks, back-to-back plays. But we talking about getting the run game established. It's more than just the five guys on the offensive line. We need to get it done with our receivers, too. So that's what I'm talking about. But how are we going to manhandle this New England Patriots team? Bill Belichick has shown what it is, bro. That was the Tom Brady team that was getting all them Super Bowls. They're exposed now. We can win this football game. We're not, we're not used to losing to the Patriots. Let's keep that going, bro. Let's bust their ass on Sunday. So, Kev, whether we got, what, P.J. Walker, Jamie Morgan, or bring somebody else in, I mean, I think it's Matt Rue made it clear today in his press conference that, you know, we just have to accept the fact that this is this isn't going to be your, you know, greatest show on turf offense. It's going to be a defensive-oriented football team. So with that said, what do you think this uh, game plan is going to look like? Are we going to be a, you know, balanced offense? Or can we keep balance with a PJ Walker or a Jamie Morgan? Or are we going to be a, you know, 45-50 run plays with a combination of you know, zone runs, power runs, quarterback keepers, read options, and things like that. Hey, I'm I'm definitely a fan of of seeing uh, another dose of what we saw in Atlanta, um, a very uh, run balanced attack. Uh, I'm definitely a fan of 35, 40 uh, runs a game because, again, my confidence in PJ Walker as a passer um, is not high at all. Um, and 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 if and they get to the point where they are putting eight nine in a box, basically daring us to run, um, then I'll probably feel more better with uh, uh, with the chances of you know possibly him taking a few shots deep uh, with our wide receivers with the Robbie Anderson with the DJ Moore. But uh, for me, let's 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 build upon what we did last week. Um, the minimum thirty five uh, carries. I like to see forty. Um, again, with this defensive front. Uh, when I looked over him, I mean, Dedrick Wise, 
Uh, Junior is a solid player for them, but again, he's not someone that's, you know, really going to give you particularly nightmares. Uh, you know, he's a guy that he's probably, to me, uh, their best defense alignment in their 40 front. Uh, you know, he is versatile. They do switch him down inside some on some sub packages, but again, I'm not just seeing anything out of him to really uh, make me, you know, lose sleep. You know, the other guy they got up there, Lawrence Guy, at a defensive tackle, you know, he's about 6'4", 305 pounds. Uh, he's just somebody that's, you know, he can hold up some space and occupy some blocks, but again, not somebody that's going to really be uh, truly, you know, uh, disruptive um, here for you. And the other guy on the uh, their defensive line, uh, Devon uh, Godchild, I think that's his name. Uh, he's from LSU, so um, smooth. You know, you kind of follow LSU. You know, I don't know if this guy uh, ever stood out to you, but he's like 6'3", 310 pounds. But, again, uh, not really seeing a whole lot out of him as as a NFL player to really, you know, feel like that he's able to uh, be an impact. I know he struggles a lot with getting double teams which is something we did good this past week, double team and getting off to the second level. Um, and one thing that um, I checked out about him, it says here that uh, he's often the last defensive lineman to get out of his stance. So again, you know, that's, that just leaves us an advantage where we can just completely reset the line of scrimmage against the New England Patriots uh, with the offensive line. This game, you know, P.J. Walker, maybe 15, maybe 20, max, maybe. Um, you know, let's just, just let's, let's, let's keep it simple. Let's keep it physical. Let's keep it old school. I think that'd be the keys, uh, to the Panthers victory. Ain't nobody on that front seven threatening, man. Let's stop being nice, man. Let's, let's, let's be who we are in the chat tonight, man. Fuck the Patriots. Not worried about them. We can get this run game going. They soft up front. You know, you can't talk. You can't think you can't tell somebody they 300 pounds, 305 pounds. 310 pounds, and they go actually hold double teams and shit like that. They don't got no snacks, Harrison. We got gangsters at guard right now. Y'all, y'all, y'all didn't see why it's Sunday? Trent Scott, Michael Jordan, Paradise. Let's get it going. Like, let's move the ball. That's all I want to do is run the ball on Sunday. So, Will, when you ask what the game plan is, it's not fancy at all. P.J. Walker is trash. I don't want to hear about that. He's the future of this team. It's, he's not. So we have to do what we have to do and run the ball. We're getting 22 back. Run the ball, bro. That's it. I look at the uh, edge. You you got Matthew Judon, came from Baltimore. We got eight sacks already. Now we got, you know, looking at our tackles, we have Cam Irving been up and down. Taylor Moten, he's had his issues. So, you know, you're getting those third and eights, third and sevens. You know, you're going to have to make some plays through the air. How you feel about our tackles matching up against Judon this week? Both our tackles scored over 70 with my grades last week. They were they were perfectly fine in pass pro. Um, if Cam Irvin is out there, he's obviously a liability. So we shouldn't have long five to seven step dropbacks or any type any type of long developing plays. So we get in the run game going the way we want to. Y'all know what Bill Belichick does. You see him out there and cover zero a lot. He's going to stack the box. He's going to sell out to sell the run. So I got guys on the outside I can trust. I can trust DJ Moore to get open. He did that all last week. You know, they he did that all last week. He was open almost every time we threw to him. Same thing with Robbie, bro. They're going to they going sell out to stop this run game. I'm telling you that. That's what Bill Belichick does. He loads the box up. Got We just got to expect our receivers to make plays. 
especially when they know they got a backup quarterback coming out there. They got to make some plays for our for our quarterback. So that's what I expect to do to beat them. It ain't, it ain't this ain't too complicated, bro. It's not the same Patriots you've been seeing for almost the last two decades. It's not the same team. We can go out there and beat them. we we can go out there and bust their ass for real, bro. With a backup quarterback. All right. Now, lastly, just looking at their secondary, look what they got back there. I mean, they're missing. I mean, Sean Wade was playing. He was, and Jonathan Jones was like their nickel players. They're both injured. One's on IR, one's out. Uh, J.C. Jackson basically replaced Stephon Gilmore. I expect him to be the um, one shadowing D.J. Moore this week. That'll probably be a good matchup to watch. They're going to be in cover zero. So, I mean, he's usually the guy that's going to take away your best receiver. Jalen Mills is a guy who's playing opposite J.C. Jackson. So, I mean, if Robbie wants to get off this week, you know, maybe he can have his breakout game finally this week and get back in the rhythm. I mean, he only had, what, zero, one target, no catches last week. But that's somebody you probably want to get involved this week. I mean, if Sam Darnold's playing, you know, you can involve him more in a traditional pass game. But if P.J. Walker is playing, I mean, why not use some screens and reverses, loosen up the defense a bit? They want to stack the box. You know, if you're playing man coverage, make one guy miss, you're off to the races. So maybe there's some opportunities there to get Robbie involved if you can't get him involved in the downfield passing game as well. You got uh, Kyle Duggar, Swiss Army knife, box safety type guy. You know, he's going to be all over the field. It's kind of like their Jeremy Chin, if you want to use that comparison. And you got the veteran McCourty, just, you know, ball hawking free safety you know just got to be careful throwing routes you know when he's in the area but you know overall you look at the way bill belichick a lot of people like to build their defense from front to back they want to get the front court pressure to support the secondary belichick thinks the opposite he builds back to front so that's why you see the talent in the defensive backfield and more so than what you see with their front four so that's what he's going to do expect a lot of man coverage cover zero cover one they're going to load the box, try to take away the run. It's just going to be one of those games. I think they're going to have the same exact game plan that we got. I mean, a very similar um, styles of football. So it should be a fun matchup, old school, probably low scoring. Any final predictions before we take the fan comments? Kevin, let's move. What do you think, Kevin? Um, me, I see this as a, definitely a low scoring game. Um. Uh, if I was to come up with a score, I'd probably say something on lines of, huh, I'm going to say Carolina 17, New England 13. Sound like a score Matt Rule would like as well. All right, so let's see some of these fan comments before we call it a night. Um, first one, my guy CMC is going to get 20 touches. I mean, 20 is probably a good number for him coming from his first game back. I mean, he's well-rested. Um, CMC is not a guy that's going to say, Coach, let me sit out, put me on a snap count. He's not LeBron James. He's not going to want, what do we call it, a smooth um, load management. He's not about that. If he's healthy enough, he's going to play. He's going to get, you know, 25, 30 carries in his full go, just like it was against Kansas City last year. So if he's going, man, don't be surprised to see him get the bulk of the touches this week as well. I don't think they'll ease him into anything like we a lot of us want. We've never eased him into anything. Like if you just look at the history, regardless of the coaching staff, 
He's not an easing type of player. He's going to get he's, when he's on the field. He's getting work. He's he's earning his contract. I know people complain about his contract, but listen, when he's on the field, he earns it. So I expect CMC to be full go with fresh legs because he's had some time to rest. Let's see, not a fan of PJ. He came off as not wanting to be there. I think he shows me wrong. He hasn't shown me much when he gets in. I don't think it's that. I wouldn't say he doesn't want to be there. I mean, the guys, he seems like a guy that, you know, really enjoys, he loves football. I mean, he went to the XFL. You saw how much fun he was having there. Balled out and won the MVP. Some guys just don't have the talent in the NFL to, you know, get to the next level. In his defense, I mean, think about what the guy's been through. He's, you know, He's probably not getting a lot of first-team reps in practice. Is he running scout team? Who knows what he's doing? So he's coming in the game day. He's not prepared. He doesn't know how to prepare as a backup. Some guys just don't do that well. They need a full week of preparation as a starter. They can't just come in cold and hit the ground running. I think if he has a full week of preparation and it's cold, he's going to be the starter today or tomorrow. He'll be more prepared, more locked in, and I don't think you'll see as erratic play as we saw before, but it's up to the guys around him to step up. He's not going to carry this team to victory. I would like to add, I, I would like to see something that I don't think we've seen a lot of with PJ or with, in general, with athleticism um, and smooth, you know, with that line being quote unquote deemed athletic, you know, what you feel about, um, like I say, um, you know, like a moving pocket, you know, I think, you know, that could probably help negate, you know, get them some rollouts, you know, some sprint outs, you know, have get the offense line in motion, um, you know, with with their pass blocking sets. Um, you know, just you know, just do something that we haven't really done yet, just to throw a wrinkle into the game, you know. Bro, add some read option. He's good at that, he can run. <laughs> we we haven't seen that on a consistent basis at all. So if you're a team that's preparing to play the Carolina Panthers, you're not really worried about than running the read option, but you got a quarterback that's capable of making that happen. Add that to the run game. The whole thing is just going to be to demoralize this Patriots team that we're going to play. So use them at all costs. Do that through the ground. You got to run some read option. Let's make it happen. Terrence Marshall should be back, which is going to help us a lot in the red zone. I think he still has to clear concussion protocol. So we'll see if what his progress is probably uh, injury report. I think starts what Tuesday, Kev, or Wednesday? It's on Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. So we'll know more about uh, Marshall's status probably on Wednesday. We got some insight with Gilmore as well, which should help. Yeah, I mean he's played for since what 20, yeah, 2017. So he was three, four years as a Patriot. He said he was looking forward to this game. I mean they chose J.C. Jackson over him. He's going to be hungry, locked in, and ready to go. I mean, what more can you ask for from Gilmore in his first game as a Panther? One game, one interception. Shadow Kyle Pitts. What was it? Six targets, one catch on Gilmore? I mean, can't ask for more than that. I would like to see Chuba get more carries. You know, I think we all would, but, you know, it's a matter of what we want versus, you know, based on history, what do we expect? And I just think the coaching staff has a history of saying when CMC is healthy, he's going to get probably 75, 80% of the touches. Um, Matt Rule did mention in his interview today that he still wants to keep not only Truba Hubbard, but Amir Abdullah involved in the run game as well. So will we see more of a rotation? We may, but, you know, it's easier said than done. 
And I can't blame the coaching staff either because, I mean, you're in the heat of the moment. It's game day. You're saying, Amir, go in for Christian McCaffrey. What's Christian McCaffrey going to say? Nah, I'm good, coach. Send him off. What are you going to do? Tell him no. So I think, you know, a lot of it depends on <laughs> how healthy Christian McCaffrey is. And if he's ready for the workload, he's going to take on whatever comes his way. I see a comment where they don't like when we call our players trash and all of that. And I just want to address that real quick. I'm not a homer at all. I'm four-man rush. Um, I believe in being factual, factual and credible. I don't sugarcoat nothing. I'm from up north. I'm not, a, I'm not a Carolina kid at all. So if I view a player as absolutely garbage, I'm going to tell you he's garbage. And that's just how I view P.J. Walker. I didn't just make that up out of my mind. I'm looking at the limited amount of times that he's been in the game. Like, just last week, I hate losing to the Falcons. I can't stand losing to the Falcons. If we can lose to any team, any team is fine. Do not let it be the Falcons. And he almost threw that game ASAP. I can't handle that. Like, I, I'm, bro, hand the ball off. Throw the ball out of bounds. Throw the ball through the end zone. He almost threw a pick. Like, I'm just not sold on P.J. Walker. I think we have to go out and get a football player. I'm hoping that that's Cam Newton. I'm just, that's where I'm at with it. You're not going nobody, nobody's going to tell me that PJ Walker is not absolutely basuda. I'm sorry. He's trash. If he wasn't trash, he would have been starting somewhere because he has the arm talent to start. He has the mobile ability to start. He has the physical tools to be a starting quarterback in his league, but he's not. And the reasons why is because it's all in here. He's not a good quarterback. We just have to accept that. when that rotation will help keep them off balance because when the bats was rotated, they didn't know how to defend us. The thing with bat rotations, though, is when you sub Truba out and bring Abdullah in, you're subbing out your a guy that's primarily, you know, going to take carries versus a guy who's a dual threat bat. CMC can do both. So a back rotation, what's normally a back rotation, is all in one with Christian McCaffrey. He can do everything. So, I mean, if he doesn't come off the field, I think instead of, Maybe you're not rotating with C-Mac, but maybe you can do two back sets and have C-Mac in the slot, use him to create mismatched weapons, use him as a decoy, things like that. I just don't see him coming off the field a lot. I mean, if Joe Brady does it, I'd be shocked. You know, I want him to. I want him to manage his reps, manage his snap counts. But just off history, I don't see it happening. I mean, we have, what, two, three? Was he, he was drafted in 2017. You know, three different offensive coordinators. <laughs> I mean... That's just how they do when he's on the field, gets a ton of reps, doesn't come off the field, and gets a heavy workload. So if he's healthy, I expect him to get the bulk of the touches. I'm going to be real with you, and I'm going to let Kevin rock. I I've been talking tonight. What we can't come to realize as fans, I know we want to give CMC a break, but when it comes to protecting the quarterback, it's more than the five guys on the offensive line. Your RBs have to block. Your tight ends have to block. To be brutally honest with you, CMC is the best blocking running back we have. It's not just so much of protecting him and limiting his reps. Honestly, when he's healthy, you can't really afford to pull him off the field because we don't have a running back that can block as well as him in pass protection. When you take CMC off the field, you kind of leaving a hole in your offense because you really don't have a running back that's capable 
of being stout and blocking blitzing linebackers the way CMC does. It's very difficult to take him off the field, not just because of his playmaking ability, but just because how good he is at blocking as well. He doesn't do anything bad. What does CMC do bad? When you got a player that can do everything at a high level, it's just extremely hard to take them off the field, bro. That's all it is. That's the reason why CMC don't come off the field. He does he does everything better than the entire RB room. And that's just where we at. So maybe we gotta we gotta draft the guy that can do some things as good as him. Maybe block as good as him. Maybe run it. I, I don't know what you want me to tell you, but CMC can't come off the field. It's just that's what it is. You know, and another thing about CMC, you know, if you know, if he's popping off six, seven, eight yard runs, I mean, what's the motto? You know, go with the hot hand, right? Um, you know, and if we get this type of if, if we get the exact same time that we just saw yesterday in Atlanta, or what a CMC could put up over 150, you know, against anybody else that we play if we get that same type of blocking, you know, blocking effort and consistency with blocking. You know, Big Smooth, you pointed out several times there was very few times that you did not see uh, the offensive line, you know, run blocking not being dominant, you know, play after play. I mean, you just you know, you just show, you know, the examples that you show to finally sit down and uh, rewatch it. I was sitting back here really watching, like, even though I was there at the game, but now that I was able to focus in on it, studying it versus being a fan at the game, I'm sitting back watching. I'm like, we're really kicking these motherfuckers' ass right now. Like, we is we is blowing, man, we blowing backs out. Like, damn, like, like this is football porn on the field because we just, <laughs> you know, we just out there. I mean, yeah. I'm like, damn. I'm like, I saw yo Grady Garrett should still be surf because he got pancaked. <laughs> I counted at least three times. And I've seen I got on. I mean, on his back, and I'm like, damn, that's Grady Jarrett. So yeah. even on the play, hey. even on the plays where we didn't get a lot of yardage, even on the one or two yard carries, you saw you still saw those five offensive linemen dominate. I never seen that. It, it's been. Five, six years since I've seen a performance like that. Yeah, and if, if it took getting embarrassed in New York, like I said, we went all the way up there to kick a field goal. If if that's what it took to light it up, then then circle that game is New York where where this offensive line finally um uh finally started to show that he got some nuts because you was calling them out saying that they need where the, where their nuts at, and they definitely had them on display uh, in the ATL yesterday. And there's a comment here. How do you know Cam wants to come back? And that's actually a good point. Why would Cam want to play here after what they did to him? Because <laughs> he, he know he a black quarterback and he know the way this league is structured. This ain't, this ain't too hard to really address, bro. Unfortunately, <clears throat> we're not allowed. You know, when you're a black quarterback, you're not allowed to make the same mistakes as everybody else makes. Like, you got to be a little bit perfect. And you got to take advantage of your opportunity. So if there's an opportunity for him to make a football team better, be honest with you, you got to take it. And I think that's where we, we stand right now. He knows the fan base loves him. Forget the organization. The organization is not really, really healthy upstairs, in my opinion. So <laughs> if you got opportunity to win some of your fans over, bro, you got opportunity to, to prove some doubters wrong, I think this is golden. And you get to do it against a team that, that cut you, and you claim that they didn't do it the right way. <laughs> the Patriots apparently didn't treat him the right way when it, when it came to his departure. So, 
that's the reason why, if I'm Cam, that's the reason why I want to come back. Yeah, and another thing on um, on top of that, um, you know, as far as with, you know, Cam coming back, you know, he doesn't have that Ryan Fitzpatrick luxury, even though Cam Newton is probably 20 times as talented as Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been able to consistently, what, he's played for like maybe, what, eight teams that I can probably think of off the top of my head. He's you know, 39 Cam, years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, even when you look over his career. So, um, yeah, Cam, Cam just doesn't have that, have that luxury. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, I'm definitely with you guys, you know, on that. I, he's easily the best quarterback available, but, you know, pride and things like that probably going to get in the way, maybe on both sides, you know, because, you know, we know how emotional Cam can be. You know, he may, you know, he may, you know, be like, mm, nah, you know, you know, they, you know, they, they put words in my mouth and, and I didn't want to do it in the first place. Why would I want to go back there? You know? It's a whole lot of it, it's still it's still probably tough and tender. I'm, I I think they would say the right things publicly, but I think behind the doors it'd just be it'd just be uh too 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 much um emotions going on to make any kind of deal work for both sides. I know we've been talking about the uh, old line to run blocking game. How about Ian Thomas yesterday? This is his brother right here making that comment. Make sure we shout out Ian like we all. <laughs> I mean, you saw those couple runs yesterday. I mean, Ian was moving the guy off the ball, blocking to the whistle, putting that effort in there. I wish Cam Irvin had the same level of effort and tenacity he does in the run block game. <laughs> I mean, I'll, <clears throat> but what I saw is, you know, for a tight end to block well, it takes a team effort. And the fact that our interior was able to perform at a high level, that made things easier for the tackles and the tight ends. I mean, I saw plays where Ian Thomas was able to open up holes just because of what Michael Jordan did alone, just clearing the, clearing the area for him, so for him to wham block the way you want to. Like I said, that Michael Jordan energy is feeding off on guys. It ain't feeding off on Cam Newton, I mean, on uh, Cam Irvin because Cam Irvin is probably just a, a, a self-absorbed guy. Like, he just – I can tell the way he prepares for the game as far as his physical attire, he dresses like he's a wide receiver. Like, he – He's so self-absorbed to me. I think that any type of energy can't feed off on him. I think he's just what he is. You know, I've seen plays where all four other offensive linemen are giving a thousand percent effort. And he's giving you 50. You know, you, you talked about it earlier in the podcast, that play where Sam Darnold got blown up. Ian Thomas was acting like he was taking the job to Weekway Park. Weekway Park is a famous park in North New Jersey where we just like to jog around and get in shape. He just seemed not involved. He seemed he seemed disengaged from what was going on. I just I'm a I'm a Florida State fan, and it it hurts me to have to talk about a Florida State player like this. But Irvin Cam Irvin is just not it, bro. He, <laughs> you could throw him in that. You know we got that box for certain players, but we got that box for for guys like Byron Bell, Nate Chandler. You can throw Cam Irvin in that box with them, bro. He just he ain't it, bro. He ain't. Get him out of here. I can't wait to see him not in the uniform. The 70, the number 75 jersey has just been been real, real bad, if you think about it. Matt Khalil, you can throw in that box. Cam Irvin, it's just, when you see a guy with number 75, bro, you just got to look at them like, oh, he's probably trash, man. And to be honest with you, that's what Cam Irvin is. 
Next question is CMC playing. We addressed that. He is um going to see it work out that hamstring on Wednesday, and we should know more by then. Uh, right now, he's off. He's eligible to come off of IR, but hasn't been activated. So that's all we know at this stage. You and uh, Kev? Big Smooth's talking about, you know, get him out of here. I was just looking over um, uh, Cam Irvin's contract. Uh, let's see. If we got rid of him after this year, uh, we'll be looking at $5.7 million dead cap um, to get rid of him. Uh, you know, right now we're sitting at $7.7 million dead cap as is. So, you know, if you think that's worth it to get him out of here to take that $5.7 million, basically pay him to go away, uh, which is uh, essentially, you know, what we will be doing. Um, you know, I'm just, like I said, just looking over his uh, two-year $10 million contract, which uh, has $8 million guaranteed. So, <laughs> so whether he, uh, with us or not, I'll tell you what, healthy scratch his ass. Bring him back next year, but make him a healthy scratch every week. I'm good on camera. Post June first, <laughs> my you know put that on, spread that dead cap out over a year or two. <laughs> all right, well that's all the fan comments we have for tonight. Uh, Ken, what's the details of the game? We're home at what time? Yeah, home game uh, at the Vault Bank of America Stadium. One o'clock uh, is the. Um, it's going to be the setting of this uh, week nine matchup. And, uh, you know, just to give people a little heads up because I don't know about where everybody's at, but, you know, the weather has uh, kind of shifted and changed. Uh, it's going to be a cool one this upcoming Sunday. Um, that Sunday morning, the low temperature is going to be like 37 degrees. And uh, expected high is only going to be 61. So, yeah, this is definitely going to be uh, hoodies and sweats uh, type of um, – clothing for you. you go out there with just some shorts and a t-shirt your ass gonna freeze so as of right now uh the forecast uh low 37 next sunday high high probably come during the game um here but uh that morning yeah bundle up hey tell cam Irvin to make sure that the heaters are working on the sideline man and make sure that keep pounding drum is that make sure that keep pounding drum is shiny bro that's all I want from Cam Irvin at this point, bro. I'm done with your bum ass. Nah, so let what him I keep... want everybody listening to do is <laughs> tag your favorite beat writer and ask make your make the reporter ask Matt Rule about Cam or make him answer the question about Cam Rule's effort on the play that Sam Darnold got a concussion. If you want to see the play? Check out our Twitter account. We have it up there for you. And make sure the beat writers put pressure on Coach as to why is that level of effort tolerated in his locker room. That's what we're going to call his bum ass now, too. Cam Rule, bum ass motherfucker. Get out of here with that shit. Now, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't have to... You learn this shit at the early early stage in your football career. You learn in Pop Warner that you're not supposed to... If you're on the field, you're not supposed to watch the game. Like, you can't be watching the game. And he got caught out there watching the game. He was being real, he was being real lazy. <laughs> Put us in the situation we're in now. Get his bum ass out of here, bro. I'm done with Cam. Cam Irving, that is, with an IR, not an ER. Cam Irving. We don't even want to spell his name right. 
He ain't even gonna, he don't even he don't even deserve to be called number seventy five. Get his ass out of here, bro. I'm done. No, we can't. We gotta call him. Yeah, yeah. We can't call him Cam. We're gonna get people confused and upset. There's only one Cam in this franchise. We acknowledge. So, seventy five. Thanks everybody for tuning in tonight. Um, you wanna listen to the podcast? You might have missed something. It'll be available on iTunes, Spotify, or Omni. Probably usually Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday uh, morning. You can check us out on YouTube as well. Um, any other final words, Kevin Smooth, before we call it a night? Yeah, fuck Cam Irving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's far for me. Um, tell, hold up, Kevin. Uh, tell that motherfucker if I see him in person, I don't want his autograph either. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> man <laughs> but um yeah as far as my final words as always want to thank each and every last one of you fans that follow us on all our social media content we appreciate the love uh make sure you keep checking us out on the website um you know and if you get hey tickets are very affordable if you're if you're within the area if you're able to drive down you know let's uh Let's let's stay warm and pack the damn stadium, man. And and uh, we got a 500 team, man. I mean, I know that four game losing streak was rough, uh, but this is a definitely a winnable game for us. Uh, it definitely uh, could be a statement game as well to show that what happened in Atlanta uh, was not a fluke. Uh, you know, we you know we're gonna start making a push. The month is November. You're gonna start making a push to have any type of aspirations uh, to pay beyond uh, weeks uh, week 18 now. Because uh, it's 17 games plus the bye week, so uh, now it's the time to start uh, putting that together. So uh, let's 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 pack the vote, man. And right, well there you have it. So week nine, New England Patriots. That's a wrap. Be sure to catch us again when the podcast release. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Keep pounding. Talk to y'all after the game. I ain't done, bro. If you if you run into Cam Irving at like the Bulls or something like that. Get his photographs. You can sell it for fifty dollars and get you a game ticket for this Sunday. Fuck you, Cam Irvin. Don't ask for his autograph either. Somebody.